Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Murder with Diamond Kisan. I'm your host, Diamond Kisan, and thank you for tuning in. Let's Talk Murder with Diamond Kisan is a crime-based podcast that takes an inside look at the crime from the side of the accused. In each episode, we go beyond the headline and get up close and personal to the story via the words of the individual charged with the crime. On this episode of Let's Talk Murder with Diamond Kisan, we're going to explore the case of Sean Eccles. Let me be clear, this case has made for television film written all over it, and we're going to get into it. Let's get into the headlines. This is coming from the FBI.gov website, and it was posted on August 13th, 2014. The headline reads, Man sentenced to maximum 20 years for role in conspiracy to commit murder for hire and shooting of correctional officer. Columbia, South Carolina. United States Attorney Bill Nettle stated today that Sean Eccles, age 30, of Orangeburg, South Carolina, was sentenced today to the statutory maximum sentence of 240 months, 20 years imprisonment, with three years of supervised release to follow the term of imprisonment. The federal sentence will be served consecutive to the unrelated state sentence Eccles is currently serving. In April of this year, Eccles pled guilty to conspiracy to use interstate facilities and murder for hire in violation of the Title 18 United States Code Section 1958A. United States District Judge Joseph F. Anderson Jr. imposed the sentence. While being left from the courtroom after the sentencing, Eccles, who was handcuffed, struggles with officers and yelled obscenities. Evidence presented at the earlier change of plea hearing established that during the early morning hours of March 5, 2010, Robert Johnson, then a captain with the South Carolina Department of Corrections, was confronted in his home by an, by an armed gunman who shot him numerous times in the chest, leaving him for dead. Captain Johnson, who has since retired, has undergone 17 surgeries as a result of this shooting and is still under a doctor's care. The investigation, which is still ongoing, has revealed that the shooting was done in retaliation as a direct result of Captain Johnson's enforcement of contraband rules in the South Carolina Department of Corrections. Captain Johnson had foiled a number of shipments of contraband, such as drugs and cell phones, into the state prison, and some of the inmates were unhappy about that. The investigation revealed that earlier in 2010, a plot was hatched among certain inmates to retaliate against Captain Johnson so that the shipments of contraband, such as drugs and cell phones, into the prison would not be disrupted. Interviews determined that one specific inmate was a person of interest in the plot. A shakedown of the prison revealed a cellular phone belonging to and used by that specific inmate. Cell records connected that inmate to another recently released inmate, Sean Eccles. Through interviews, agents learned that Eccles had communicated through cell phones and the inmate and discussed the plot to kill Captain Johnson, specifying how to carry out the shooting, what Eccles would receive in exchange for his role in the plot. After the discussions, the inmate then mailed an initial payment to Eccles for his role in the murder for hire conspiracy. Thus, Eccles and his co-conspirators used both cellular phones and the mail in this murder for hire plot, both of which are facilities of interstate commerce. Eccles is currently serving a 15-year state sentence stemming from unrelated armed robbery, assault, and battery first-degree convictions in Orangeburg. Eccles will begin serving the 20-year federal sentence upon conclusion of service of his state sentence. Eccles has prior state convictions for burglary, second degree of a dwelling, assault and battery with intent to kill, involved shooting or individual, threatening life of public employee, armed robbery, and assault and battery in the first degree. The case was investigated by the Sumter Police Department, the South Carolina State Law Enforcement 
Division, SLED, and the Federal Bureau of Investigations, FBI, Assistant United States Attorneys William K. Witherspoon and Stacey D. Haynes of the Columbia Office handled the case. Now, I said this one it has made for TV written all over it because we're talking an inmate already institutionalized, speaking with a previous inmate who's now on the outside. We're talking interstate transactions via the cell phone and the mail system. And now we get to hear from Mr. Eccles himself. And I thank him for allowing me to share his story because Mr. Eccles really has something to say. So as always, I had some questions and Mr. Eccles had some answers. Let's get into it. One. What was I doing the morning my crime took place? Mr. Eccles advised, I was at home with my girlfriend of that time, sleeping, about to get up and get ready for work. Not to forget, I was on house arrest with, with an ankle monitor. Keep that in mind, you all. Question two. What did I have planned for the day in general? Go to work, come home, and relax, is what Mr. Eccles said. Question three. The moment leading up to when the incident took place, what was going through your mind? Mr. Eccles stated, man, I was asleep. I had no idea this incident even was about to happen. Question four. The moments after the incident took place, what was going through your mind? Mr. Eccles advised, nothing at all, because I had no idea what even went down. Question five. What do you remember most about your trial, and why does this memory stick out for you? Mr. Eccles advised, for, for starters, I didn't take it to trial because I wasn't afforded the equal opportunity under the U.S. Constitution to confront my accusers. The U.S. government placed a gag order on me, meaning I could not personally possess a copy of any Rule 5 discovery material. My, my attorney had to visit me on Supermax lockup and go over material, which is no help when I cannot take the time and energy needed to prepare to fight for my freedom. This memory sticks out for me the most because this is clear proof of injustice. Question 6. What's your take on the evidence that was presented? Mr. Eccles advised, honestly, I never once saw any evidence, any evidence, period, linking me to this crime. All I did was lie and play games with the U.S. government, trying to make my situation better. I was facing a possible state life sentence in 2011 when SLED and FBI agents came to me in Orangeburg, South Carolina County Jail. They know I'm, I'm innocent, no doubt. I passed two out of like three polygraph tests and I only saw the results from the first. It never says I failed. It said deception indicated. Question seven. Do you feel your lawyer had your best interest at heart? Mr. Eccles said, at first I was very optimistic. Then I started seeing the signs of selling me out. Question number eight. Do you feel your attorney did all he could to defend you? Mr. Eccles states, and this is in all capitals, hell no. I kept asking to take the government to trial. I know I had them beat. The government pushed my pretrial date back three or four times. He eventually tricked me into pleading guilty under the pretense I would get the 240 months. Question 9. If you could say anything at all to the general public about this crime, what would you say? Mr. Eccles advised, please do your research and I beg someone to help me gain my freedom and fight against the institute within the penal system. This is much bigger than me. We fighting to save all minorities and the youth. I'm willing to help the movement however I can. Question 10. 
How has life been since incarceration? Mr. Eccles advised, Honestly, it's been hell. You could say a curse and a blessing. Man, I lost my my Nana January 2020 and my Pop April 2020. This is this is worse of my curse. My blessings are much brighter. I found myself and I've grown. I know what I want out of life. I'm done with the streets. I have a beautiful family and support system. I'm needed out in society. It's crazy you pop up out of the blue as well as other legal outlets. I'm ready for war. So let's go back to the beginning of Mr. Echo's answers. If you remember, he says he was on an ankle monitor. So my biggest question is, if Mr. Echo's is on an ankle monitor, you literally have the GPS of his location. Was Mr. Echo's at the scene of the crime or was he not? Because again, the article, at least the article slash press release that I read to you all, again, is from the FBI.gov website from August 13, 2014, doesn't specifically state his role. Again, we have a charge of conspiracy to commit murder for hire. Well, what exactly was his role? Was he the shooter? Was he just a middleman? Again, this man has on an ankle monitor, so clearly he couldn't be at the scene of the crime. I feel, I feel, if you could trace his GPS to him being at the scene of the crime, the charges would have been harsher. Furthermore, he didn't go to trial, he takes a plea deal. You know, I am huge on this not going to trial thing, because for me, I wonder, would it have been proved beyond a reasonable doubt? Beyond a reasonable doubt is something I really, really, really believe in because it's the burden of proof is placed on the state to prove beyond a reasonable reasonable doubt that the person in question, the accused, committed this crime. And in this instance, again, you all, what did I just say earlier? <laughs> Made for TV. We don't get that. We don't get to see the evidence. Mr. Echoes advised he was under a gag order, so he hasn't seen his evidence. His attorney seen it, I'm assuming. I mean, I'm going to believe that the attorney had the opportunity to go through the discovery and reviewed it. And yet, Mr. Echoes has 20 years for conspiracy to commit murder for hire. I have so many questions that Mr. Echoes isn't able to answer. He didn't get a chance to face... Um, those accusing him of these crimes. He didn't get a chance to see the discovery. So we're kind of in limbo. And I need to know from you all, what do you think? 20 years, conspiracy to commit murder for hire. Mr. Eccles was on an ankle brace, he stated. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say there had to be some kind of a GPS tracker that could have been traced to his whereabouts. It's, it's just, it's a whole lot of gray. Like, Gray is the color of the hour. Let's talk about it. I want to know your opinion. Please hit me on social media. On Twitter, at Let's Talk Murder. Instagram and Facebook, LTMWDK. Again, that's LTMWDK. And let's talk. Because this is something... This is one of those situations where so many questions have gone unanswered, but they probably will never get answered because you had to be there in the moment to see what happened or you need to have access to the discovery to see what evidence could have, possibly would have, been presented. And yet again, you know my favorite question. 
would it have been proved beyond a reasonable doubt? Let's talk about it. Again, Twitter at Let's Talk Murder, Instagram and Facebook at LTMWDK. I'm Diamond Kisan, and we've just talked murder. Until next time, stay safe and never be afraid to talk murder.